Well, from my own experience um, of tracking along with this series, this boot camp series for this month, and from what I'm gathering from the experience of at least uh, some others in our community who we've heard from along the way, I would say that for at least some, this whole boot camp experience has been somewhat of a, a timely and appropriate and appreciated spiritual hoof in the hindquarters uh, to get us inspired and motivated and moving into um, pressing into a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's been really exciting to me because that's what a really, that's what a boot camp is all about. A boot camp is a, an, is a short-term, intense, highly focused experience that's meant to inspire, challenge, and motivate people who are ready to take an honest look in the mirror and who are emotionally and psychologically and spiritually prepared to soberly assess what they see and to say, you know what, this is who I've been and I don't want to be that person anymore. And to hear that this series has been challenging people in that way has been awesome for us. That people are headed towards the goal, the goal of every single boot camp experience that anyone has ever devised and anyone anywhere has ever enrolled in is always the same, right? What is the goal? I mean, think about the, the physical fitness boot camps. What is the goal of every single boot camp experience that you've ever heard of? A brand new wardrobe, right? That's, that's why, at least at a symbolic level, that's why people sign up for boot camp experiences, to... to be able to go into their closet one day and grab all their clothes in their arms and to pull them out and say, these no longer fit. These clothes are no longer appropriate for the person that I've become. And what I need to do is go out and get an entirely new wardrobe that better represents the person that I've become now. And as I was thinking about that reality, the, the symbolic changing of the wardrobe to represent the end goal of the boot camp, the passage of scripture that came to my mind was in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 5, where Paul talks about what it looks like spiritually to go through a complete wardrobe change as a result of what God's doing in your life. He says, starting in verse 5, he says, put to death, therefore... Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Now he starts with a metaphor of killing things and then moves on to a metaphor of clothing changes. So just be patient for a second. But he says, put to death whatever is a part of your earthly nature. Put to death all of the very worst parts of the person that you have been. It's time, Paul says, to draw a line in the sand and to leave a whole bunch of stuff behind. And then he goes on in the verses to give us two lists of the kinds of things that he's challenging the Colossians to leave behind. Here's the first list. He says, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, he says, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. He uses the example of sexual sin to describe all of the ways, I think, to describe all of the ways in which we use other people to worship at the altar of our own happiness. And sexuality is one way in which we do that in a pretty obvious way in our culture. But the ways in which we use other people 
for the cause of our own happiness. And then he gives a second list. He says, also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips, and do not lie to each other. The second list is not about the ways we use each other, but the ways we abuse each other when we get in each other's way of our own happiness. Paul says, when you take a look in the mirror, it's time to leave behind the kinds of behaviors that have been dominating your life up until now. The ways in which you use each other for your own happiness, the ways in which you abuse each other when you get in the way of your happiness. Paul says it's time to leave that stuff behind and instead, he says, it's time to get a new wardrobe. Those clothes, those those are the kinds of things that are fitting for a life that you're leaving behind. Down in verse 12, the contrast, he says this, therefore, he says, as God's chosen people, holy, which just means set apart by God to live the beauty of his goodness into the world, holy and dearly loved, loved by God and loved by the community, he says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, he says, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against somebody, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Paul says it's time to leave some of the ugly parts of who we've been behind, using each other and abusing each other in selfishness and greed. And instead, Paul says, it's time to to put on a brand new kind of wardrobe, the kind of wardrobe that is more fitting to the person you're becoming, a wardrobe that has garments that reflect compassion and kindness and gentleness and humility, the kind of character that... um, wants to reach out and meet the needs of others, that lives for the healing and happiness of others instead of believing that others live for the healing and happiness of me. The kind of character that elevates other people ahead of yourself, the kind of character that puts up with everybody else's crap, with their foibles and their faults, with endless amounts of patience, that forgives in in unlimited quantity, that lives with this unsurpassing sacrificial love. Paul says it's time to put on some of the very best parts of who Christ has created you to be, which is a person, Paul says, who in every way reflects the goodness of Jesus into the world. In verse 9, he says, because you have taken off your old self and its practices. That's the old wardrobe. Those are the old clothes. They don't fit anymore. They're they're not appropriate anymore to the person you're becoming because you have put on an entirely new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Paul says you've you've got a brand new wardrobe. You've got a new character now. You're a new kind of person. A person that when you get dressed up in these characteristics, a person who walks around and reminds people of Jesus. Paul says this, this is the goal. This is what it means to live a life of full devotion to Jesus Christ. So putting off that old stuff and putting on a brand new kind of personhood. And in Paul's mind, 
I mean, this is what we've been talking about in this whole boot camp series, right? What it means, what it looks like to create that kind of change in our lives. And we've talked about a lot of things that go into that kind of change. The, the intention of saying, this, I'm ready and willing and I want this change to happen in my life. We talked about the, the discipline that keeps its attention focused on the kinds of changes that God wants to work in us and that is engaged with its own blood, sweat, and tears in doing the kinds of behaviors and developing the kinds of habits that help to form us into the people God has created us to be. We talked about what it looks like to surround ourselves with the kind of community that can be an encouragement and accountability and a support and a care for us along the journey. But Paul says, if you want this kind of transformation in your life that lies at the core of what it means to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ, he says, the place that it all begins was with a simple but profound decision to change the way that you think. Right at the beginning of this passage, in Colossians 3, verse 1, Paul says, since then, you've been raised with Christ. Since then, you've made a commitment to live your life in devotion to Jesus. Since then, you have been filled with the same divine power that raised Jesus from the dead. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Paul says, if you want to see this kind of transition happen, where you're slowly but surely taking off the old way of being, of using and abusing people for your own purposes, and putting on a new way of being that's all about um, laying yourself down to be used for the purposes of other people, he says it begins... The moment you set your heart, your passions, your desires, your whole life orientation, it begins the moment you set your mind, your focus and your attention on the kind of person you want Jesus to make you into, the kind of person that he is already making you into, the kind of person that reminds others of Jesus. Paul says, you, you want to experience that transformation. It begins the moment you get clear and you get focused on the goal. To me, that's the question that confronts us at the end of the boot camp series. The end of the series is the beginning of the journey. And the question that ends the series and launches us into the journey is this. What's your goal? What is the change that you need Christ to be working in your life in this next season of time? I mean, be as specific as you can. Be as clear as you can in your own mind. What is it that you need Christ to be doing in your life in this season? For some of us, I think, we should be writing for ourselves some character goals. Maybe as I was reading those lists before, the the lists of the kind of behaviors um, we want to be leaving behind, you were feeling that stab in your gut and saying, ooh, yeah, I need Christ to deal with some of that stuff in my life, some of that anger, some of the slander, some of the lust, whatever it is. 
Or maybe as I was reading that second list about compassion and kindness and humility, you felt that in the pit of your stomach and you thought, oh, I need, I need Jesus to grow that stuff in me. Maybe for some of us, what we need Christ to be doing in this period of time is not necessarily that kind of character stuff as much as it is uh, writing a spiritual goal. In the, in the sense of the ways in which you're going to invest in nurturing your relationship with Jesus Christ. How, how are you going to be more intentional and deliberate about participating in worship? About the heart that you bring when we gather together? Or how are you going to be more intentional about incorporating prayer? Or the 24-7 spiritual exercises that we put in the mini-mag and on the website every single week. That nurture our intimacy with Christ. Or maybe for some it's going to be a knowledge goal or an understanding goal where you say, I just need to grow. I need to be in a season of learning about my faith right now. Or maybe for some, it's a completely different kind of goal. Maybe it's not so much about you, know, you and God, but it's more about you and the people around you. I imagine some of us would be writing down some relational goals. Just thinking about areas, relationships where we could really use Christ to do some work with forgiveness and reconciliation in some really messed up relationships. Or thinking about what it would look like for him to give us the courage to be more authentic and vulnerable, more real with the people around us, with the, with the secrets that we've been keeping so that other people can walk with us to healing and wholeness. Or what it would look like to be more empathetic and caring to those who are in need around us. Or what it would look like to be the kind of loving truth teller that Jeff talked about last week. Maybe some of us need to be writing some of those kinds of relational goals. Maybe for some of us it's, it's more of a service kind of a thing. The question you ought to be asking yourself is, what, what kind of goal could I have about what it looks like to, to use my particular gifts in the cause of spreading the love of Christ around the world? Or how could I challenge myself in generosity in the way that I use my financial resources to to flood the world with the love of Christ. Or maybe for some it's about thinking about how could I better use my time to befriend the poor and the forgotten or those who are far from God. How could I better invest my time in being about Christ's business in the world? The question at the bottom of this series, if we think about all of the things that we've talked about, is what is it that you want and need Christ to be doing in your life right now, specifically? And then, how are you going to create the space for him to do that? How are you going to keep yourself attentive to that goal in your life? How are you going to build into your life the habits and behaviors that will develop that transformation in your life? Who are you going to invite with you on the journey to be your encouragement and support and accountability and mentor and teacher and friend? The question we're coming out of this series with is what's the change that you need Christ to be working into your life in this next season. 
Not that you're going to produce that change all by yourself. We've talked about this before. This isn't about pulling yourself up by trying harder, you know, pulling yourself up by your own spiritual bootstraps. Paul, in fact, says earlier in Colossians, he says, it's not about religion, it's not about rules and regulations and rituals, it's not about trying harder and human performance and and what you can do if you really put your mind to it. Paul says, all that stuff looks really good on the outside, but none of that changes a person's heart. This isn't about what you're going to do. This is about what Jesus is going to do. In Colossians 2.9, it says, For in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Now get this. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. Paul says, in relationship with Jesus Christ, he has filled you up with everything you need to fully be the person he's created you to be, the one who is put on the wardrobe of his character so that when people look at you, they're reminded of what Jesus is like. This is not about what you do. This is about what he does. Your role is to pour your time and effort and energy into creating the space in your life that allows him to work and make all of the difference. This morning, we're celebrating with nine people who have made the decision to say, I want my life to be all about Jesus Christ. I want him to be doing that transformative work in me to make me a new and different kind of person. And we're celebrating with them through the act of baptism. And I want you to hear their stories right now. And as you listen to their stories... I want you to listen for the ways in which their commitment to Jesus Christ already in these early stages is beginning to bring about some substantial and tangible transformation in their life. And as you're listening, I want you to ask yourself, what is it that Jesus wants to be doing in me in this coming season? Check out the stories on the screen.